This is my Elgin Hometown Songs and Stories. I'm Sherry Blazier, and now that we're to the middle of August, I hate summer. I am looking forward to fall, as long as it stays fall forever and never ever turns into winter, which I hate even more than summer. I want winter for two days only, dusting of snow on Thanksgiving and Christmas mornings. That's it, and then, it, then it, right after it needs to turn back to spring again. Well, summer used to be my favorite season, but that was back when I was a kid over on the west side doing kitty cartwheels on the front lawn. Then, summer was my season, when sweet tarts was one of my major food groups, and when the monkeys were blaring over my kitty record player, when mom and I would walk over to Gromer's shopping center on McLean for the annual sidewalk sale, and We'd buy so much from Gromer's and Ben Franklin and Elms Hardware and Elgin West Pharmacy that she'd wish she'd driven the Corvair instead of having to haul it all home on foot. Then summer was my season. When we'd walk up to Kimball Junior High School field to sit on blankets and be eaten alive by mosquitoes and watch the city's 4th of July fireworks being shot up at Wing Park. Then summer was my season. And when June and July were months off of school with daily dark shadows reenactments with neighborhood friends and there was that one special clammy Saturday morning when I got chilled goosebumps as I climbed into the Rambler or the Nova for our pre-dawn departure for a Wisconsin vacation. Then summer was my season and when August was the month I got all new school supplies at Ben Franklin and would come home and spread them all out and just look at them adoringly and sniff my new Crayolas. Then summer was my season. When I was a, a still young woman and contentedly companionship spurning earth mother, wrecking my hands, tending a little vegetable garden and then slathering corn huskers lotion on my hands so I'd be able to play guitar on the front porch in the evening and watch the bats start flitting around just before dark. Then summer was my season. And when storms gave us a, a respectable ass-kicking every week or so and yet seldom seemed to knock out the power as often as they do in recent years, and I listened in the dark with the windows open for those first rumbles of the thunder bringing them or I slept until the brink of the storm start and I had to shake myself awake as the wind kicked up to run upstairs to close the attic windows. Then summer was my season. So, what happened? How could I have so loved and lived for summer up until middle age and now I just hate it? I swore I would never become some sweaty old hag complaining about it's not the heat it's the humidity and true to my word to myself I am instead a sweaty old hag complaining about the heat and the humidity because they both suck well this ain't my first tilt a whirl around the Sun but I also know I'm about six weeks from complaining about the first blast of cold and for however much I've been telling myself that I will savor the first day I can be in my new home sitting in my rocking chair reading and wrapped in a knit shawl and looking out at snow falling over East Chicago Street which will finally be finished maybe by then 
I know that overall I will bitch about winter until April, May. I know I've mentioned this before, but I'm now in an apartment building on East Chicago Street, right across from where one of my aunts lived for a brief time in 1964-65. I look over there a lot because it's a natural angle from my windows. And I recall that Aunt Helen was living there at the time of the 1965 ice storm, not to be confused with the big snow of 67. Like a lot of people, she lost power for a few days with the ice storm of 65, but I'm going to have to dig through the old tape someday because I converted her 8mm and Super 8 films to VHS years ago, and I remember that she shot some film through her window that showed the building I'm now in. Uh, it showed the ice weighing down the power lines and the slick, shiny pavement. And if I see myself standing in my window, it would be kind of Rod Serling-y. Meanwhile, I was five, and my family rode out the ice storm of 65 on the other side of the river in Clifton. I should say on Clifton, as it was uh, one house of many with that street name, both North Clifton and South Clifton, but I've naturally changed the preposition and, it, and it's, as it's kind of taken on a Victorian Jane Austen feel since I left. Life at Clifton. Clifton Manor coming this fall to PBS Masterpiece Theatre, starring Dame Judi Dench. Anyway, <clears throat> with, the, uh, with the furnace not operational, Mom and Dad cordoned off our tiny kitchen in our little bungalow home, not in the state, by stringing blankets across its threshold and keeping the gas oven going, which they tell you nowadays not to do, but whatever. I lived, I'm still here. They dragged their double bed mattress into the kitchen and they plunked it on the floor and there was just barely an, enough room for it. One edge was tucked under the sink and cabinets and the other came right up to the vegetable bin, as my mother called it, of our Norge refrigerator. Or did you say Norgi? That Norge refrigerator was starting to get pretty old even then. Every few weeks um, I'd have to help mom defrost it. She would use a hammer and a screwdriver as a chisel to chip the ice off of the maybe square foot freezer compartment. And while she was doing that, I'd be down on my knees picking up the ice chunks and putting them in a bucket. Well, during the uh, power outage of the storm of ice storm of 65, which I think lasted three days, the Norge, of course, wasn't working at all, so she took the food out and put it on the attic steps because it was cold enough there to keep. Actually, it was colder in the fridge because every time she'd bring me a glass of milk, I remember it had shards of ice in it. And things she had in the freezer went out to the trunk of the car. That vegetable compartment, which tilted out at an angle, didn't work at all anymore. I assume it was supposed to be cool but not cold, and in, instead it was actually kind of warm. So I remember that while my father and my brother put on extra coats and blankets and they slept in my brother's room, Mom and I got to be toasty warm in the oven-heated kitchen, lying on the mattress on the floor, and I kept a nice little stash of books and crayons and toys in the vegetable compartment of the Norge right next to my head. While Mom fretted about how much longer we might be without power, and my dad and my brother kept periodically going down to the basement to run acetylene torches under the water pipes to keep them from freezing, I was happy as a clam. I had my books, I had my crayons, what more could I possibly need? In fact, I considered it 
downright glamorous because on that third day, I got to have a candlelight bath. Mom and Dad kept heating and bringing pots of boiling water to add to the tub of what water was already in it, and, and so we all took turns getting washed up a little bit. Well, as fate had it, just a few months before I left Clifton Manor, there was a late November ice storm that knocked a tree down behind me and it landed on an electric line. And it was one of those things that the second you see what happened, you know you are not going to be high on Comet's priority list because they're dealing with hundreds of homes down in, in you know, blocks and blocks of people. And this was just me and a couple of neighbors. So I sentimentally lived that ice storm of 1965 over again, but in 2018, and alone, contemplative and appreciative, because again, I was happy as a clam. I'd learned how to survive that particular challenge at the age of five. I strung blankets across the thresh kitchen threshold and I brought a sofa bed mattress in. And although the Norge had been replaced a few times, the mattress still just barely fit on the floor between it and the cabinets. There was no vegetable compartment, but I did have a nice stash of books, no crayons, um, a wind-up radio, and lots of candles and the stovetop burners on. It dipped into the single digits outside, but I had it 67 in the kitchen, and just on the other side of the blanket in the dining room, it was barely hanging on to the 50s. I had milk on the attic steps, full of shards of ice. I had an offer to ride that power outage out somewhere else, but I turned it down because something in me wanted and needed to do this. And when the power suddenly came back on in the middle of the third day, a big part of me was very disappointed. I hadn't even had my candlelit bath yet. Anyway, here we are in August of 2020, and I'm already conscious of it getting darker earlier every evening, and that I hate. Even though it's been an unusual summer due to COVID, it has gone as fast as it always seems to. The fireflies are done, and now you can hear it. The churring of crickets starts at twilight and goes on into the morning. The grass is starting to take on that desperate thickness and oppressive scent. And in just a matter of weeks, there will be that day when the windows will rattle and the temperature will plunge. And we will dig in our closets for the jackets that got lost in the shuffle in mid-May. And we'll be glad to find a few forgotten dollars in the pockets. And uh, probably this year a mask or two. And this is a song about that day, how when that first chill hits you, even though you've tried to psychologically prepare yourself for it, it feels like it's bringing in something evil. And we suddenly miss the heat and the humidity until we acclimate yet again to the cold. It's called Cold Wind Blows the Devil In. Thanks to One Source Productions for making this happen, and if you have comments, Please email me directly at slynblazier at gmail.com. That's S-L-Y-N-N-B-L-A-Z-I-E-R at gmail.com. And if you enjoy our podcast, please subscribe. Thanks for listening. Knock at the door. Don't be so quick. Knock at the door It could be a trick Everybody knows It's a cold wind that blows
like a train I feel it seeping through the window panes everything goes when that cold wind blows the devil to keep him away you must find a way to seem so polite no don't make him The gypsy told me if you shoot at a king, you best kill him. You better kill him. The heart of my home had welcome mass. Now he's blown him clean away. Don't know where they're at. Mischief that he sows when the cold wind blows. The devil Devil